Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 90, Teaching Swimming, How to Teach, Method, and Delivery. That's right, today is all about the online course, Teaching Swimming. Now you can find this course on our website, swimminglessonsideas.com, and clicking on the Teaching Swimming button at the top of the page. When you purchase access to this course, which is good for one year, you also get a PDF version of the training workbook, which is found on Amazon. Now, this book is packed full of useful information for new and veteran instructors. And today, we're going to be talking about the crucial skills your teachers need to begin having effective instruction. That is, when your staff is confident, in command, and clear, they can expand on having fun with their classes. We're going to review the basics of each section in the How to Teach chapters and give a brief overview of how to be a better instructor. Now, these are the things that I review with my assistant coaches and instructors uh, on a daily basis when I follow up with them, but it's in this course for you to use as a training material for you or your staff. Now, after this brief message, we'll get started. That's right. Today we are talking about how to teach and your instructor's method and delivery. And that's specifically we're talking about how do your swim instructors actually give out the information? How do they conduct their classes? What should they be doing during their instruction uh, that provides a fun and effective environment? And our goal here is to bring about a maximum amount of improvement in the time we have with our swimmers. Now, sometimes that means time on task, which is a measure of how long a swimmer is engaged in actively doing something. And we can reduce that by creating a system or a framework in which the kids are always moving or parents or adults. And a lot of this comes from uh, setting up scaffolding and expectations so that they know what to expect. And instead of giving a lengthy introduction or guidance on how to do something, um, like the format of it, we can spend more time on the actual skill work and the feedback that we give to our participants. So we're going to go through a little bit of the method and delivery here, and we're going to start with using command language. So using command language is the first thing that I generally talk to my new instructors or assistant coaches about. And what I want them to do is to speak in sentences. I want them to speak with calm confidence, resting on the experience and knowledge that they've gained in the previous part of this course. So the first part of the teaching swimming course is the essential swim skills, uh, where they review, uh, it's like the knowledge dump. And then now that they know this information, what are we going to do about it? And in large times, this is, we're asking veteran swimmers, you know, you have experience with swimming, lean on that experience and be confident in the things that you're saying. So here are a few examples of command language. Okay, we're going to do this three times. Streamline, then do three freestyle strokes. That is an example of command language. It is sentences. There's no questions. It's an attention getter with okay. We're going to do this three times, streamline, and then do three freestyle strokes. It leaves it explicitly clear, and we're using the standard format that we use for both swim team and swim lessons. 
how far are we going, and what are we doing while we do this. Another example would be, Mary, we're going to do three jumps. Are you ready? Okay, go. And this is an example of command language because we're clearly stating what we're going to do. We ask a question if the swimmer is ready. And you can be in command and still ask questions. Uh, it's the choice of question that we're asking. If you'll notice here, are you ready is a very specific question. It's not a open-ended, uh, do you want to do this or not? They don't have a choice. They're in our swim lessons. They should be doing what we're doing. Their choice comes whether they're ready or not. And then if we ask the question, which we should be, do you want to go underwater? And if they say no, we adhere to that request because that's a very scary thing and we've talked about that before. But we want to, as instructors, as swim instructors, we want to uh, narrow the boundary for which these swimmers get a choice. And we want to give them a choice, but sometimes the illusion of choice. We're choosing these activities for a reason and they're beneficial. Generally, jumps are safe because they're fun, uh, but I would leave, this is the nuance here, I'm going on a tangent, uh, that uh, swimmers can choose not to do jumps if they're afraid of it, and that's something that a swim instructor or a person should be aware of, is to not push when it's it, there's obvious fear involved with the participant. So, uh, Command language, speak in sentences. Uh, we want our swimmers to follow what we say and we wanna speak confidently. Uh, the worst thing that we can do is speak in question marks. And sometimes we do that by tacking on okay at the end of a sentence or raising the tone of our voice at the end of our sentence. Kind of like that, where it turns it into a question. Uh, so speak in periods. The first thing I do um, when I'm talking to my instructors is I say, when you're running your classes, speak in periods. So make definitive statements, not questions all the time. One of the worst things a swim instructor can do is say, do you guys want to do front floats or do you want to do back floats? Um, are you guys ready? Should we go? Um, whose turn is it? I'm not sure. Uh, I think this is how we do it. Do you know? You know, they're the instructor, not the kids. So a lot, oftentimes we see that um, new swimmers or new swim instructors are not used to being in charge. And that's part of our role as an aquatic professional is to um, lead these new adults into leadership roles. And that's what teaching a swim lesson is. It's a leadership role. Uh, so having them speak in sentences and give commands is a good way of subtly enforcing this fact that they are in charge and they should be listened to. Um, and then also use action words. Tell your swimmers what to do. Go here, move your arm this way, put your face in the water. So we want to use verbs. We want to say, do these things, move this way, do a front flip, you know, streamline now, like give commands and tell them how, like how to do things through those commands. This is a high level inter our overview of this online course. There's a lot more information that you can find at teaching swimming, um, fun and effective swim instruction. Uh, this is the first topic. The next topic is removing okay from the end of your sentences. Now this uh, topic is one of my favorites because it's so easy to illustrate right away. And if you have a new uh, instructor or assistant coach, you'll often find them asking at the end of their questions, okay. And let me give you a few examples. And we've talked about this before. 
Johnny, go underwater three times, okay? Let me know if you hear the okay at the end of the sentence. Billy, we're going to do a front glide, okay? Go. Now, you should have heard the okay at the end of both of those sentences. The first one, uh, Johnny, go underwater three times, okay? And then, Billy, we're going to do a front, front glide, okay? Go. Now, why did the swim instructor ask, okay? What they really meant was, did you hear me? Did you understand? Or are you actually going to do it? Now, I tell instructors this is erodes your authority as the swim instructor. It's also a pet peeve of mine because there's no need to be saying, okay, you're not really asking if they're going to do what you're telling them to do. You're second guessing yourself and taking away some of the brunt of a perceived rudeness by giving someone a command. And you see this a lot in new instructors, but you also see it in veteran coaches and veteran instructors because they think it it either dulls the, the uh, strength of their command or it's a verbal habit. It's a tick. It's something that they unconsciously do is excessively asking okay at the end of a sentence. You'll often see this when uh, coaches or um aquatic professionals are talking in a large group, they'll use it as a pause or affirmation that the crowd understood what they said. I often see this at swim uh, trainings in large groups where maybe someone is confident in what they're doing and the way that they're speaking, but they use this okay as a pause filler to get confirmation from the crowd or from the group of people for recognition that they heard what they just said. And it's difficult if you have this habit of doing it to break. So I point it out to my instructors often. What you'll see is also as you get more familiar with removing okay at the end of your sentence, that a lot of parents in TV shows and movies do this to their kids. They'll say, we're going to do this. Okay. We're going to do this. Okay. You should go over there. Okay. Can you bring the um, bring me the, the carrots. Okay. You'll see it a lot in popular film and maybe that's how it's infected a lot of our instruction, but it, it'll start jumping out at you. And it, for me, it really erodes the authority of the swim instructor. And it's a very good way to start thinking about the way you're talking by removing. Okay. At the end of your sentence, you're doing a trifold thing. Number one, you're establishing authority in front of your swimmers by speaking confidently in periods. Number two, uh, you are thinking about your own words and taking the first steps into crafting effective language and communication. So thinking about what you're saying before without just saying anything at all uh, is the first step into learning how to improve your communication. And Thirdly, uh, you are learning to speak in a more concise and direct way in which will get results. And then you can start having more fun with it because you're not always asking questions. Using this okay at the end of your sentence really detracts from the effectiveness of your instruction. And what you really mean is, did you hear me? If that's what you meant, say it. Did you understand? Is that clear? Ask that question instead of shortening it into okay. Okay is a nebulous, uncertain thing. Say what you really mean. Instead of saying, we're going to do front glides, okay? D instead say, we're going to do front glides. Does anybody have any questions?
That gives you clear command and control of your class, and it establishes that this is the time to ask questions, and here are the questions that are appropriate. So again, we're giving those boundaries for which swimmers can have freedom. Moving on to the next topic, again, this is a high-level overview, uh, whereas in the training workbook, which you can get on Amazon, and the online course, there's a lot more information and nuance uh, that you can find and reference on the website swimminglessonsideas.com. The next one is earning trust. So how do we... What's method and delivery for an effective and fun swim lesson or swim team practice? We earn the trust of our participants. And that's a crucial, important uh, portion of our instruction that allows us to uh, do more with our swimmers because they trust us and they know that we have their best interest at heart. So we have to earn that trust first. And we can do that by demonstrating repeatedly our honesty. So by us instructors and swim coaches being honest, then we'll earn the trust of our participants. We can do this through consistency, having the scaffolding or the framework of a predictable pattern where the pieces change, but the format remains the same. So if you have the same format for all of your classes and groups, then you're going to have a better flow of participants because they'll know what to expect. And some people might say, um, well, this is really boring if they're always doing the same thing. It's not. Like kids, children particularly, love structure and repetition. And it's one of the ways in which we can more effectively teach because they can lean into the familiar. They can, they can um, uh, find comfort and, and regularity with the familiar. And once you uh, iterate on the familiar, so with making small changes, uh, then over time, you can introduce more complicated and difficult things. Now, I'm not saying that every day should be an exact replication of the same thing. So if you get the digital uh, premium swim lesson plans, I'm not saying that you should follow them to the letter every day, all the time for every participant. Those are a template or a framework for which you should uh, or can establish your routine and habit and then make small changes within that framework. So for me, it's warm-up, uh, aerobic, and then skill work, or skill work, aerobic, uh, challenge. Skill work, aerobic, and then challenge. So we introduce a skill, they get an opportunity to practice it, and then we do a challenge. Introduce a skill, opportunity to practice it, and then challenge. So there's this format, and then the pieces inside change. They're always different. Um, so earning trust comes through consistency, repetition, your honesty, and by speaking with commands and encouragement. So our language towards our participants define the way they trust us. If we are telling them what to do in a safe and effective way, so do this in this format, and they're going to thrive in that situation, we can also give them encouragement. Well done. Good job. That was great. You look so good. You improved on this. And through our negative feedback, you did not do this, next time do this. Calling them out and recognizing them on what they haven't done is a good way to keep people accountable. It tells them that we are watching and that we recognize what they did and that they need to do something different in the future. Um, so earning trust comes with paying attention to them, speaking consistently, behaving consistently, and being honest with your communication. And you can see a lot more information here uh, 
on the website as well as in the book talks about jumps, how to do supported front glides, how to earn trust with going underwater, and how giving praise can help you earn that trust. Our next topic here in the uh, method and delivery is using images. Now, people don't think in what not to do. Uh, they think in pictures. Uh, they think in what they should do. So what we want to do is we want to create memorable or um, interesting associations with odd connections. So for example, you can say things like um, make your body look like a banana, uh, flap your arms like an octopus uh, that's stuck out of water. Uh, you can use these images and metaphors and similes to create a visual picture in your swimmer's heads uh, that connect to the things that we're doing. And the better you are at this, the more natural it seems. Uh, you want to use, for example, if we're doing flip turns, I'll often use the term, you want to paint the wall with your toes. So your toes are the paintbrush, and you want to slide them down the wall like you're painting a wall and your toes are the paintbrush. Uh, and we can do a challenge like this where they paint the wall with their feet or when they do it as a flip. So as they're flipping, they paint as they continue their flip. And... Uh, this is an opportunity for you to get creative with the language that you're using. Um, we'll move on here to constant feedback. And one of my favorite internet memes is uh, the all of the things uh, internet meme, which is like this angry stick figure with this face that's enormous and two eyes falling off the side of its head. Uh, but you want to say all the things. So we should be giving constant feedback. We should be talking all the time and we should be doing all of the voices. Uh, our goal here is to give targeted feedback to get maximum results and to give feedback to every single attempt to every swimmer. This is a tall order. This is a difficult thing to do, uh, but putting it out there for our swim instructors and our teachers to, and coaches is pretty crucial into what their job is. And that is to use their voice to get other people to do things in the water. And that's what coaching is. I kind of joke about this, that my job is to, by using my voice, make people do things um, in the water that they don't understand, can't see, and may not want to do. And that's a, that, that's a difficult thing. And constantly talking, giving a constant uh, accounting of what's happening helps you do this better. So constantly saying, you go, or, or here's what you did last time, do this next time. Okay, next we're going to do this, ready, go. And then setting up a framework where the kids move on their own through um, a pattern. So like the three times streamline or the six times streamline plus something that's automating them setting up their lane and doing the activities on their own. So that frees us from being a traffic cop into being a... Um, coach where we can say, okay, you did this on that attempt, next time do this. Instead of wasting our time directing traffic, ready, go, ready, go, you should go now, move over, follow this pattern. You know, instead of that, which you do at the beginning of your season um, or your swim lessons, but as you continue, you transition away from the traffic hop and into the giving feedback all the time on every attempt. Now, our goal here is to make sure that our participants um, are being watched and recognized at what they're doing and held accountable for it and then taught to do something else or encouraged on what they're doing well. 
being an effective swim coach or swim instructor is giving feedback and giving the right feedback at the right time. The next topic is praise and feedback types. So in tandem with giving constant feedbacks, what type of feedback should you give and how can you do that? So we want to reward the effort. We want to allow for failure and we want to expect failure, encourage failure, and then absolutely demand that they make another attempt. So we all know that we learn best through failing. We learn by making a mistake and correcting it. We learn by having an attempt at something, failing at it, realizing what went wrong, and then trying again. Now, if you're a savvy listener, you'll hear the word that I just said there, trying. I don't like using that word. I don't like using the word try because I think it implies failure. It gives an out to people because it's particularly children because they just try this food. They suffer through doing it once and then they can say, no, I don't want to eat it ever again. And then it's generally left at that. I don't like using that term in swimming because I don't want our swimmers to get the impression that they have a choice to not do something like streamline. They have to do streamline. It's, it's a crucial part of a competitive swim team. And I think it's a crucial skill in swim lessons. Uh, so they don't have a choice of whether or not they get to do that skill. Uh, so we want to remove that word try from our vocabulary. This is a tangent, by the way. Uh, and instead replace it with make an attempt. So by saying the word make an attempt, it implies that they can fail at it, uh, but not in a way that they're free of doing it again. Whereas try it has this implication, this connotation of do it once and then you don't have to do it again. Make an attempt is put your effort into doing it. And if you fail, that's okay. We're going to make another attempt after that. And the repeated attempts and failures are going to lead to eventually success in the future. Whereas trying it once implies you don't have to do it again. Now in swimming, you do. So that, that's kind of a nuanced difference tangent here that, that I'm going off on. But um, praise and feedback types, we want to reward the effort. We don't always want, we don't want to say, and I can go on and on about this. We don't want to praise the talent. We want to praise the effort. Uh, so we are replacing bad habits with new, better alternatives. And we do that by saying, you know what, you really, I really saw you think about what we were doing on that last 25. And I saw you turning your head to the side to breathe. And I know it was hard. And I know you don't like it. Let's say uh, at the first 25 of all the rest of the hundreds we're doing, you have to breathe every three. And then after that, you can do what you're comfortable with. And now this is a... Um, a doorway into changing that habit. We're providing an opportunity to uh, struggle and then an opportunity to relax uh, during this set of imaginary 100s. And we're adjusting the way we're communicating with the swimmer to get them to do something that they may not like to do by giving them feedback, giving them a, a, a new alternative, ham, uh, alternative habit, and then also uh, telling them... Um, uh, giving them a, a uh, opportunity for failure um, and we're rewarding the effort. We're saying, you know, we watched you do it this time. It was really good. I appreciate that. Uh, here's what we're going to do moving forward. So how you craft your feedback and how you talk about your praise is important. And, and the way we do it is uh, better than others. Uh, 
crafting our language, and this is really what this whole section is about, the way we craft our language determines the outcome of our swimmer's um, improvement. And the final one here is the feedback layer cake. Uh, now, you may have heard this as a sandwich, a negative between two positives. And then that's a good axiom. That's a good thing to say. It, it works. It's effective. Um, essentially, what I, what I like to say instead is state what happened. So be objective about this. State what happened. Uh, give the remedy. And then give a positive. So it's a different type of layer here. We're not saying, well done on your kicking. Next time, or you didn't streamline. Good job on your arms. So that like sandwiched thing, we have to get our swimmers in the habit of acknowledging their own mistakes. And part of that is our job as swim instructors and coaches to point out those mistakes in a emotion-free zone as, as a strict acknowledgement of fact. This is what you did. Here's how you improve. And um, here's a positive on what you did to get towards that goal. Or you can even say, you know, your kicks were great. You know, you really did a great job kicking. You didn't do this. Next time, do that. And we're not, and that's like they're looking for the but. We want to remove that but from our sentences. So Great job kicking, but you didn't streamline. So you want to avoid saying that. You can say instead, you didn't streamline that time. Next time, do your streamline with all three things. I did like your kicks. They were really strong and you got really far. That's awesome. Keep doing that. And that's an interaction that I've probably had with swimmers a 100,000 times at this point. Um, but you can, the way you're crafting your language, this clear statement of fact, alternative action in the future, and then positive, is an excellent way of layering in uh, feedback so that you get results. It's important to remember here that you want to remain caring, positive, and encouraging. That should override all of your interactions with your swimmers, and that goes from infants to adults. Remain caring, positive, and encouraging. Uh, maintaining this um, trust-based positive environment where your goal, which is felt by your swimmers that they improve is the most fundamental thing about your program is that you want them to succeed. You want them to do well. You're not there to punish them. You're not there to yell at them, um, to get angry. You're there to guide them through improvement in this exciting and fun skill called swimming. So, uh, use this online course to review all the nuances of these topics that we went over today. Uh, just briefly to recap here, we talked about using command language, removing okay from the end of your sentences, uh, how to earn trust, using images, so you, uh, talking in pictures uh, and connecting them to interesting things, uh, giving constant feedback, what type of praise and feedback types you should use when you're interacting with your swimmers and how to layer or give that feedback layer cake of uh, state what they did, give an alternative action, and then follow up with a positive. You can find all these details and more, so much more in the online course, Teaching Swimming, Fun and Effective Instruction. It's available for you at swimminglessonsideas.com. You can click on the link at the top of the page that says Teaching Swimming, uh, or you can go to the store and purchase this for your whole team. 
Now, this is a really exciting thing that um, I really like. I, I enjoy this feature. So I use this website too for my program. And um, I have the subscription for Teams. And what I do when I get a new, a new swim instructor is I give them this link. So if you get the Teaching Swimming fun and effective uh, instruction online course for teams, you get a number of seats. So you get 10 to 100 to 500, depending on the package you buy. And you get a, uh, this generic link. It's a specific link. And you can send this link to your swimmers or your swim instructors. They go to the website, they create an account, and then they use the link, and then they have access to this online course. So they don't have to worry about the payment. They don't have to worry about anything. Uh, all they have to do is create an account, put in the link, and they have access to the online course. They can take it. Um, they can show you their proof of completion with the certificate. Uh, they have to pass all the quizzes and then the final test. Uh, and the quizzes aren't designed to trick you or to confuse you. Instead, they're designed to test your understanding of what we've gone over in the course. So our goal here is that you read the material, you watch the videos, you look with a critical eye, and then you think about the, the ramifications of those um, topics and answer them in situational settings. So um, they're not they're not like a test where it's like, do, do you know the right answer specifically without understanding any of the things around it? No, it's more... Uh, in this situation, what would be the best choice? Or just a simple test of knowledge. What is a position 11? Or what is a streamline? What are the three things for position 11? What's the front, or the front glide script? It's all available. You can see it in the course. It's pretty easy to see. But it's also a test of knowledge and retention. So um, I find it as an excellent tool uh, to get new people uh, up and teaching quickly. Go ahead. Get it at the website, swimminglessonsideas.com, teaching swimming, fun, and effective instruction. And I hope you enjoyed this brief overview of the crucial methods and delivery uh, for having effective swim lessons. I know that if you um, want to improve your program, you can do so in a myriad of ways. But also, if you're struggling with your program and you have a question feel free to ask. You can go to swimminglessonsideas.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the button, ask a question. It'll take you to anchor.fm, which I use to host this podcast. And you can very easily just submit a question. If you just include in there that you don't want to be uh, uh, referenced, then I won't reference it. And we can use that question as a future podcast. Go ahead and ask a question today. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening, and I know that tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. Take care.